sass me. I sass. will listen. I have had a day. I will sass. I will you. listen. You oh, will listen. I, you so will listen. <laughs> <laughs> I am inevitable. I am inevitable. Just like this stream. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flagon show where I, the DM, review and discuss various topics regarding D&D as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. <laughs> Whiskey Wednesdays will be available the Wednesday after the live stream on our YouTube channel and in podcast form on iTunes, Spotify, and many other mainstream podcast services. Donations are never required, but always appreciated. If you'd like to support us, please consider our coffee page, as all proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making Fools and Flaggins an even better experience, and it helps keep the podcast alive and well. Whew. <clears throat> so, always required. Well, I am I am joined tonight by a very sparse crowd of Kirsten and her children and uh, Zach and Nim. I'm I really have to struggle to not call you Pez, like on Reflex now. It's weird. You can... You can call me anything. I mean, if you want to call me bitch, you can. <laughs> well, no. See, the problem if I just say "Hey, bitch," like half the Discord is gonna go, "What you want?" True. <laughs> well, I'm not bitch. Fuck you. Uh, mm, I am whore, and you know it. If you I look what? at Discord, your nickname is currently Queen Bitch. Listen, I don't really give a shit what's on there. You're stupid. <laughs> well, with that being said. Here's the first sip to a lovely evening. Love, glove, glove. Mm. Ah, what are we today? Ooh. I thought about going with something a little bit stronger, but I figured I'd go a little easy today. Uh, so, tonight we are going to be talking once more about the 1D&D playtest rules, the second round. We've already talked about the classes in the previous episode, so we are going to be looking at the feats and the new updated glossary terms. So, uh, anything anyone has that they want to talk about before we get the ball rolling on this? <clears throat> I have two feats. Me too. I'm so happy for you. And I can no, wiggle my so toes cool. too. What? Pictures or it didn't happen. I want you to think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. oh. okay. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to watch a show with the parents. Oh, okay. You're just going to leave us. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm allergic to bullshit. Oh. Well, okay. you heard him. I'll be back. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, Let's see. Next week, we would normally have our D&D stream, but unfortunately, I'm going to be out of the country, so it's going to be postponed. I believe currently the plan is we'll have a catch-up stream on the 4th of November and then get back into our, regularly, our, our regular schedule the next Friday, the 11th. Uh, if we're not able to make the 4th happen, then at the very least, the 11th will happen. So <clears throat> if you haven't already... Please join the Discord. That's where we tend to talk about stuff and nerdy things in general. Links should be down below if you're listening to this in podcast form. It should be in the description. It's a lot of random letters. Good luck typing that out. Um, but otherwise, on Twitch and in YouTube format, there is should be a clickable link. If there's not, leave a comment. Let me know, and I'll fix it because sometimes I'm just dumb. Anywho, let's uh, let's mosey on into some of these, shall we? Sure. 
So first and foremost, uh, gonna go alphabetically here. We're looking at, actually, I can pop this up on the, ah, douche. Um, we're looking at the ability score improvement. This is a fourth level feat, meaning you have to be of level four or higher to use it, basically. Um, you, this is, they've just sort of changed the wording because it used to be you either take an ability score improvement or you take a feat. Now the ability score improvement is the feat. It is repeatable. There are no other prerequisites other than the level. Uh, you can increase one ability score by two, or you can increase two ability scores by one. And you cannot increase an ability score above 20. That's pretty bog standard. Uh, next up, we have Actor. This one has a prerequisite of you having 13 charisma or higher. Skilled at mimicry and dramatics, you gain the following benefits. You increase your charisma score by 1 to a maximum of 20. You get impersonation. While you're disguised as a fictional person or a real person other than yourself, you have advantage on charisma performance checks to convince others that you are that person. You also have mimicry. You can mimic the sounds of other creatures, including speech. To mimic a sound or a way of speaking, you must listen to it for at least one minute. Anytime thereafter, you can make a DC 15 performance check to perform the mimicry. On a success, you perform it convincingly for up to one hour. So that seems very um, bard, roguey kind of thing. For sure. Of course, if you want to be a dick. Mm. True. But not in a bad way. Like, good dick. Well, it depends. I mean, anything you can do as a player, you can do as, uh, in the spirit of being a dick. Nah. No, you don't think so? Nah. It's <laughs> just silly. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Athlete. Another fourth level feat. Um, prerequisite, you have to have strength, dexterity, or constitution at 13 or higher. It is not repeatable. You get an ability score increase of strength, dexterity, or constitution by 1 to a maximum of 20. You get to pick. You gain a climb speed equal to your normal speed. You also have hop-up. So when you are prone, you can right yourself with only 5 feet of movement. That's kind of big. You also have an advantage on ability checks you make for the jump action. But who the fuck ever does a jump action? But the question there is, I'm not sure how worth it it is to take this feat just for getting up out of prone. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you find yourself in a situation where you're constantly being knocked prone for some reason. <laughs> Wobbly. Like you a bitch. Well, I mean, I guess technically if you're looking at like the, the Ravenloft campaign where you're pretty much in a winter wonderland a perpetual winter wonderland you may have multiple situations running around on ice that may not be a terrible thing especially if you're a fighter or a barbarian and you know you have to move to your target <clears throat> i still don't know that i would take it yeah it's it, it's weirdly situational for it to be a feat but i mean the climbing speed 
that's also pretty nice. Again, situational. I mean, I don't think I can think of a time that you've... I don't think I've made any of you guys climb anything. Mm -mm. I mean, you had to climb down in the Luna Wind mine, but then we just sort of like speed ran past getting out. Well, no, no, I actually did have you guys climb the rope up. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Just didn't stop. Regardless, that's one instance in 40-odd sessions, so whatever. Uh, Charger is the next feat. This one's actually interesting. The prerequisite is proficiency with any martial weapon. So it will not work with a simple weapon. Uh, you get an ability score increase of strength or dexterity. You get improved dash. When you take the dash action, your speed increases by 10 feet for that action. <laughs> feet. Feet. Tristan, <laughs> stop. Uh, you also get the charge attack. If you move at least 10 feet in a straight line immediately before hitting with an attack as part of your attack action on your turn, choose one of the following effects. Gain a 1d8 bonus to the attack's damage roll or push the target up to 10 feet. Provided the target you want to push is no more than one size larger than you, you can use this benefit only once on each of your turns. It's not... It's not terrible. Hello, Issa. Hello. Your man has left us for food. Well, how dare. I know. What a harlot. You're going to have to whip him in shape. I... Fucking <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Uh, we're just going through the the new um, feats that we've got on this update. Uh, Alrighty. Nothing terribly interesting so far. Uh, so next up, we've got crossbow expert. It's again fourth level proficiency with. This is the weird thing. It's proficiency with any martial weapon, which technically, if you're proficient with martial weapons you're proficient with crossbows but it's still weird that you could technically be proficient with like a long sword it's like hey i can take this feat <laughs> yeah but it gives you different it gives you like kind of i don't even know how to describe it but it's like what it gives you i don't know whatever just keep going okay <laughs> uh it increases your dexterity by one you ignore the loading property of crossbows which is huge that's really fucking big because uh, generally it's shoot your next attack action is reloading or uh, depending if it's like a heavy crossbow then you would have to spend an entire action reloading I believe you also get to fire in melee so being within five feet of an enemy doesn't impose disadvantage on your attack rolls with crossbows that's pretty fucking big um, you also have dual wielding when you make an extra attack of the um the light weapon property, you can add your ability modifier to the damage of the extra attack if that attack is with a crossbow that has a light property. So basically, if you have, if you're just a normal Joe Schmo and you've got two uh, one-handed crossbows, you can shoot with one, make a bonus action attack with the other, but the first one you would get to add your dexterity bonus to the attack. The second one you would not. You just roll the weapons damage and that's it. With this, you do. You basically get to attack with everything that you got. 
Um, again, situational. You would have to have light crossbows. So if that's what you're you've got and that's what you're rolling with, then this is kind of a great feat. Which kind of makes it interesting to think of narratively if you can ignore the loading property of crossbows. Do you just like one hand pump the mini crossbows and there's just a bolt already ready to go? Well, how about the aspect of like instead of doing that, you're a little more creative with it and you modify your crossbows to be auto loading? Have like a chain attachment of arrows, <laughs> <laughs> or you could always it could be something along. You remember the Laura Croft movie where she had like the mag loaders on the back of her waist and mm-hmm. just like popped out the new mags, she slammed them in. It's just that, but crossbow bolts. I don't know. <laughs> uh, next up, we have defensive duelist, fourth level feat. Prerequisite is dexterity 13 plus. <laughs> Uh, you get to increase your dexterity by one, and you get the parry. Uh, if you are holding a finesse weapon, and another creature hits you with a melee attack, you can use your reaction to add your provi- your proficiency bonus to your AC for that attack, potentially causing the attack to miss you. So that one just kind of gets better as you level up. I mean that that's a that's a pretty strong one to take. Parry, defensive duelist. Is the name of the feat uh, that I got? Isn't that something else? Like, I could have swore there's another form of parry that currently exists, like in a class or something. Or am I thinking? No, incorrectly? there's definitely a few of them out there. They okay. may not necessarily be called parry, but something similar. Oh, okay, I was about to say like that sounds really familiar, but okay. Well, because there is one, I believe we were talking about it with the Rogue last uh, last Whiskey Wednesdays, mm-hmm. where they could deflect an attack to reduce the damage by half and give it to another creature within five feet of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just too lazy to go scroll up and look for it. That's fine. Uh, we got Dual Wielder, another fourth level feat. Uh, proficiency with any martial weapon is a prerequisite. You increase your strength or dexterity by 1 to a maximum of 20, and you have enhanced dual wielding. When you are holding a weapon with the light property in one hand, you can treat a non-light weapon in your other hand as if it had the light property, provided that weapon lacks a two-handed property. You can also draw or stow two weapons that lack the two-handed property when you would normally be able to draw uh, or stow only one. Which is actually really good. Yeah. You want to treat a light weapon or a non-light weapon as a light weapon? Yeah. So is that like a long sword, I think? I don't think a long sword is uh, light. Yeah, I believe it's... Yeah, it's a similar in fashion of having like a short sword and a long sword instead of two short swords. But yeah, so long as it's not like a great sword. I mean, it's it's extra damage, so why not? Uh, durable is a fourth level feat. You have to have a constitution of 13 or higher. You can increase your constitution by one using this feat. Uh, again, this one may be a little situational depending on how you are, <laughs> Kirsten. Uh, you have advantage on death saving throws and you have speedy recovery. As a bonus action, you can expend one of your hit dice, roll the die, and regain a number of hit points equal to the roll. 
I'm assuming she's taking care of her kids or else she might retaliate verbally. Yeah, I oh. I heard my name, but I was yelling at the children. <laughs> uh, the durable feet gives you advantage on death saving throws. Oh. And as a bonus action, you can expend one of your hit dice to heal yourself by what you roll. That's pretty nifty. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you have to have a constitution of 13 or higher. And Damn, I, I don't calling think, her out like that. <laughs> I don't think you have that. No. No. <laughs> well, Kirsten, it's a good thing. They they didn't they didn't make the uh, ability score improvement a feat thing. <laughs> it's always been a thing. I don't know, Kirsten. Uh, next up, we have Elemental Adept. It is a fourth level feat. Uh, the prerequisite is you have to have spellcasting or the packed magic feature. It is repeatable, but you must choose a different damage type for uh, each time for energy mastery. And I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, you get a, an ability score increase. You increase your wisdom, intelligence, or charisma by one. And for energy mastery, you choose one of the following damage types. Acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. Spells you cast ignore resistance to damage of the chosen type. In addition, when you roll damage for a spell you cast that deals damage of that type, you can treat any one on a damage die as a two. I know so, about this feat. I have it. Yeah. Very useful. It is. Although, to be completely honest with you, I'm fucking paranoid as hell. Either I'll or somebody else will forget about it. Oh, when you're using an ability? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, it is on you to remember. If I'm feeling generous, I might. I've told you every time. <clears throat> I know. I've also, I've also been told every time. I got it! <laughs> More what I'm getting at with that is... Let me finish my thought. Don't interrupt me. Okay. That's actually because cool I have quite a lot going on, and you telling me that is throwing off my Mojo. train of thought. I like Don't throw off better. his groove. Throw off my groove! <laughs> uh, so since this is alphabetical, we're jumping out of the fourth level ranges, and we're going to be getting into the epic boons. These are cool. Uh, should I come back to these, save the best for last? It's, that's a I'm going to save the best for last. We'll, 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 teasing the listeners here. It's fine. They'll get over it. Uh, so we're going to get into some of the first level feats real quick. Try to breeze through some of these. Um, all these are fighting styles. So you've got archery. Uh, you have to be part of the warrior group, but you gain a plus two bonus to attack rolls you make with ranged weapons. Okay, the, archery, there we are. Huh? I was trying to find where archery was. Oh, yeah, if you go to Fighting Style, it's on page 19. I got it, I got it. Uh, fighting Style Defense. Again, you have to be a warrior. While you are wearing armor, you gain a plus one bonus to AC. Dueling, also warrior group. Uh, when you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that melee weapon. Fighting Style Great Weapon Fighting. When you roll a 1 or a 2 on a damage die for an attack you make with the melee weapon that you are wielding with two hands, you can re-roll the die, and you must, use the, you must use the new roll. The weapon must have the two-handed or versatile property to gain this benefit. That's also only for the warrior group. 
I know. It's <laughs> such a shame. Zach couldn't take this on his bunny. Meow. <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm not going to lie. I'm reading a lot of these. It's like warrior group. I'm like, huh. Liking some of these restrictions less and less. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fighting style protection. Again, warrior group. I know. Immediately after a creature you can see makes an attack roll and hits a target other than you that is within five feet of you, you can use your reaction to interpose your shield and impose a negative two penalty on the attack roll, potentially turning it into a mist. You must be wielding a shield to use this reaction. So you, you basically just see your buddy about to get hit and you go, ha, shield. Yes, exactly. Ha. So chatty tonight. He is pouting right now. No, uh, fighting style oh, to weapon Billy. fighting. Again, you got to be part of the warrior group. When you make an extra attack of the light weapon property, you can add your ability modifier to the damage of, of the next attack. So similar to what the uh, the crossbow Oops. one was, and the um, duelist, I believe, was that it? Something like that. Yeah, dual wielder. That's what it was. Uh, so, on to Grappler. It's a fourth level feat. You must have a strength or dexterity of 13 or higher. And you can increase your strength or dex by one. You get uh, attack advantage. You have advantage on attack rolls against a creature grappled by you. You have Fast Wrestler. You are not slowed when you move a creature grappled by you, provided the creature is your size or smaller. You also have Punch and Grab. When you hit a creature with an unarmed strike as part of the attack action on your turn, you can deal damage to the target and also grapple it. You can use this benefit only once per turn. It's just so, a guaranteed grapple. Well, so the, the way that grappling works with the 1 D&D rules is in 5e, it was a strength contest. So basically, Zom would run up to something and say, I want to grapple it. You go, okay, roll, I believe it's an acrobatics check. And it's a roll-off. Whoever has the highest wins. The way grappling works now is Zahn basically just has to run up to it, roll an attack roll, beat its AC, and it's grappled. Now, with this feat, you get to grapple it and punch it. So you're essentially punching him in the face and then getting him into a, like, naked rear Nelson or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, now, granted, it's an unarmed strike, so it's not going to deal a lot of damage, but... Damage is damage. Next up, we've got the Great Weapon Master. It's a fourth level feat. You have to have proficiency with any martial weapon. You get an increase to your strength by one. Uh, then you have Cleave. So immediately after you score a critical hit with a melee weapon or reduce a creature to zero hit points with one, you can make one attack with the same weapon as a bonus action. You also have Heavy Weapon Mastery. When you hit a creature with a heavy weapon as part of the attack action on your turn, you can cause the weapon to deal extra damage to the target. The extra damage equals your proficiency bonus, and you can deal it only once per turn. So, again, a situation of damage is damage. It's not an astronomical amount more, but... Still damage. Yeah, an extra four damage per hit. If you're a fighter, you're getting three to four hits per turn without action surge. But you can only do it once per turn. 
Right. So. But still, like that's still an extra like three to four damage on one of your strikes. It. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, heavily armored, good. huh? It's definitely good. Yeah. I, I really like the um, hitting with a critical and being able to use a bonus action to attack. That's really nice. It's going to be interesting because you have currently you have the fighter where if you kill something, you can use a bonus action to attack again. Now it's just giving him another way to attack again. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it ends up working out. Uh, heavily armored is up next. It's a fourth level feat and you have to have um, medium armor training. You increase your constitution or strength by one, and you gain the heavy armor training. So yeah, short, simple, to the point. I don't know that I would ever take that feat personally. Well, if you don't normally have the ability to get heavy armor and you want it, I, I can I see mean, you having this, but like at the same time, eh. There's a lot of other better feats. I feel like it's it's situational. Like if you rolled really well on your um, ability scores, like Zon did, and you don't need all those ability score increases, and you're basically able to take just feats. Why not? Yeah. Uh, heavy armor master, you have to have heavy armor training. It's a fourth level feat. Uh, mm. Oh, gotta scroll up to the top of the page. You increase your constitution or strength by one. And you have damage reduction. When you're hit by an attack while you're wearing heavy armor, any bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage dealt to you by that attack is reduced by an amount equal to your proficiency bonus. Which is very good. Again, not a whole lot, but less damage is less damage. Well, three three damage could be the difference between, you know, <clears throat> dying or not dying. Yeah, it's the difference between a whole other turn that you get to bonk back or, yeah, be sucking earthworms. Go to bed. I'm in the middle of a stream. Not you, goob. 30 more minutes. <laughs> I gotta finish my whiskey first. I gotta, 17 I gotta, more hours. <laughs> I gotta finish my nightcap. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, <laughs> we have Inspiring Leader. It's a fourth level feat. Uh, you have to have your wisdom or charisma at 13 or higher. You can increase your wisdom and charisma by one, and you get encouraging performance. Isa, listen up, you bard wannabe. At the end of a short rest or a long rest, you can give an inspiring performance, a speech, a song, or a dance. When you do so, choose up to six friendly creatures, which can include yourself, within 30 feet of you who witness the performance. The chosen creatures each gain temporary hit points equal to 2d4 plus your proficiency bonus. The possibility of what early at that level that's eight nine, i mean at 11 at fourth level it's the potential of nine no 10 extra hit points wait no your proficiency goes up to when does your proficiency go up i always fuck that math up hold on uh, who gives a shit you get you get at least 10 there you go hold on i'm looking this shit up it always fucking frustrates me Uh, nope, that's not what I want. Here we go. Uh, no, at fourth level, you still only have a plus two. So, 
but still, if you rolled max, uh, you know, two fours, that's eight and two, that's ten. Ten extra hit points is a lot at fourth level. Yeah. So that definitely seems like one that's better a little earlier on. I mean, it's still it's good, so good at, you know, towards end game. I, I mean, if you really think what's proficiency bonus can get up to like what? Eight or not? Six. Uh, eight or ten. I think. I think can, Wait, hold I'm on. pretty sure it can go higher than six. No, it's six. Is it six? So yeah. six plus eight. Six and eight. Yeah, that's 14. 14. Still not bad. That's still 14 extra hit points that you I mean, for a, literally for fucking, get for free. Yes, for fucking dancing. Yeah, fucking fourteen extra hit points. You can get a possibly fourteen extra hit points. Suck it up, buddy. You're all just gathered around the fire, and Issa's like, "Let me show you the dance of my people." Fucking whips out Squidward tentacles. Just like, (laughs) but if you really think about it, like if you like if you combine like think of it one on one, if you combine these, like imagine with like a heavy armor character taking some of those feats earlier, reducing every hit by your proficiency, and then on top of that, you know characters are giving out bonus temporary health like the small numbers stack it's just mm-hmm. a matter of how you manage to you know stack them correctly the other thing to remember um this is kind of a reminder of uh, temporary hit points temporary hit points do not stack if you have temporary hit points and you are given more temporary hit points you have to decide to replace the ones that you have now with the ones you are being given or disregard the ones you are currently being given to keep the ones that you have. For example, Which I personally think is stupid. For example, in this situation at fourth level, well, actually, let me let me let me do a little quick little bit of research here because uh, I don't remember I don't remember what level you get Heroes Feast. <clears throat> I can't spell Heroes. All right, it is a six-level spell, which, um, God, my, I'm sorry, my brain is not firing on all cylinders today. Give me just a second. Uh, no, not, not wizard. Who gets it? Cleric gets it. Uh, da, 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 da. So, as a six-level spell, so you get it at eleventh level. Um. Which, via the chart, you would have a plus four to your proficiency bonus. So max that you could get from this feat is 12. So that's 12 potential hit points you can get. Um, Actually, no. That's not what Hero's Feast does. Hero's Feast increases your hit point maximum. That's not temporary hit points. So that would stack with Hero's Feast pretty well. Oop, Issa died. And she's back. Welcome back, madam. I'm alive. I'm dead. Regardless, my my, my point's kind of moot because my brain's not firing at all cylinders and I picked a poor spell. But if you have 12 temporary hit points from this feat and someone was to cast an ability that gave you 10, you're going to want to keep these temporary hit points because they're more. But if you started with the 10 and this was given to you, then you're going to go to this one. But they don't stack. That was a really long, convoluted way of saying you can't stack the fucking temporary hit points. And I mean, if you really think about it too, you're also you're still getting a point of wisdom. What is it, charisma or wisdom? 
So, like, you're still getting something other than just giving the temporary health points. You're still getting something that benefits you. Yes, you're getting a partial ability score increase, which is actually something that I've noticed on a, most, if not all of these. Yeah. You're still getting an ability score it. increase, but you're not getting two. That's the only yeah. thing. They're so making this is it actually so that, like, nice. you're getting bonuses on top of just getting... I mean, I say just a feat, but some feats can feel underwhelming. But, like, at the same time, it's just, like, well, now it's a little bit more... Speaking of underwhelming, I'm a little disappointed with their change to Keen Mind. So, Keen Mind is a fourth-level feat. You have to have an intelligence of 13 or higher. You increase your intelligence by one. Okay. You've got Lore Knowledge. Choose one of the following skills. Arcana, History, Investigation, Nature, or Religion. If you lack proficiency in the chosen skill, you gain proficiency in it. If you have proficiency, you gain expertise in it. You also get quick study, so you can take the study action as a bonus action. I feel like that's a little bit of a downgrade. Oh, Pez died. What is this? So what is the study action? The study action has um, is mainly looking at like uh, investigate. Here, here, let me let me scroll down and uh, kind of read it word for word real quick because it's. It's kind of encompassing a few of your normal, like, oh, I want to look at this, and it's like an investigation or uh, perception or something. So hang on. Um, scrolling down. Search action. When you take the search action, you make a wisdom check to discern something that isn't obvious. The search table suggests which skills are applicable when you take this action, depending on what you're trying to detect. So insight, medicine, perception, or survival. So let's say that you're in the middle of a fight and you say, well, I want to look around and see if I can find the invisible creature, let's say. So I would say, okay, make a perception check. You roll the perception check and you succeed or you fail. Depending on the DM, mm -hmm. technically by the rules, that takes your action to do. It also kind of depends on like how intently you are doing or performing this search. If you're saying like, I'm taking a quick look around, do I see any stairs? That I may let that slide. It's like make a perception check and not have it count for you. But if you're saying like, I'm looking for the dragon to hit it, then that may be an action. This feat is making it so you can make these checks as a bonus action and keep your actual action ready to go. It's not, honestly, it's really not that bad. Not to mention you still you gain expertise in what? No. It, in it, the history, it's, investigation, or religion. It can be very useful. It's it's really really, it's it's not a terrible feat. I just I, I like the role play aspects of it from what it used to be. So the old uh, feat for Keen Mind was, <clears throat> you have a mind that can track time, direction, and detail with uncanny precision. You gain the following benefits: increase your intelligence score by one. You always know which way is north. You always know the number of hours left before the next sunrise or sunset. You know what time of day it is always. And you can accurately recall anything you have seen or heard within the past month. Keen Mind was just a really, really solid role-playing feat. I, I, I can see where you're like, well, I like this a little bit more comes from. But at the same time, like, what direction is north? You always know what direction is north technically if you want to know that it's a nature check like well, yeah. if you right, want to recall but, no, you always know. <laughs> but in, in that same aspect what if you're underground 
you don't have the sun to direct you. But with Keen Mind, you go that way. Uh, I mean, like, logic-wise, I can see what they're doing. And I can see why they're doing it. Because it being a guarantee... Like, so, for example, in a cave, how the hell would you... Even if you had a Keen Mind, how the hell would you know it weighs north? Well, because if I mean, you... Some I mean, people... The, the way that it like, says is you can recall anything you have seen or heard in the past month. So, with that being said, as you were at the entrance of the cave, you remember, well, when we were in the cave, we were 30 degrees to the left of north. And we went down, we turned like this, turned like this, turned like this, turned like this. Therefore, with me facing this direction, north is that way. Because you're basically I mapping do, out the tunnel as you go in your brain hole. I... To a degree, I can still understand. I still understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I do think that this logically makes a little bit more sense, personally. Uh, again, I don't hate this feat as it's been updated. They've definitely made it more beneficial via dice rolls and action yeah. economy versus it being more or less purely roleplay heavy. But I kind of almost wish that they had left in that roleplay stuff as well because it's literally just roleplay more or less it's also hello metal thank you for joining hi uh scooch and ride on along lightly armored you gain the following uh light or armor training light armor medium armor and shield hooray which actually isn't terrible if you consider that, um, well, actually, I'm kind of curious. I need to look into that. Because as a wizard and a sorcerer, you're not technically able to cast most of those spells because the armor would restrict you. But taking that feat, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some some of them have a spell casting focus that they need to use too, right? Yeah. I'd have to go and, that's, and that's really kind of dig into it because I, I I can't remember if it says like you can't cast it without proficiency. Hold on. Let's do a little quick search for armor. Armor and proficiency is none. Uh, training and war. Oh, that's for blade singing. Uh, hmm. Or am I thinking of sorcery? No. Let's see. Uh, buh, 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 buh. No many spells. Cast one of these spells. Green all. Buh, buh. Prepare a list. Hinger Dinger Durgan, for example. Buh, buh, buh. Uh, da, 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 da. In addition, use your intelligence modifier. Ritual casting. Whoopty fucking do. Spellbook. Great. Um, interesting. I know I've read it somewhere, but I'm not seeing it like actually written down. It may be in, like, the player handbook for casting spells. Yeah. Let's take a look-see. Doodly-doo, casting a spell. Oh, Bible. Especially Swift. That's a bonus action reaction. Casting times, range, components. Um, let's see if I cast... Or cast... I type in armor casting an armor because of the mental focus and precise gestures required for spell casting you must be proficient with the armor you are wearing to cast a spell 
So, if you were an absolute mad lad and you took lightly armored as your first level feat and then took medium armor as your fourth level, you could technically take heavy as your next feat and be a heavy armor-wearing wizard, sorcerer, cleric monstrosity. Hi. Yeah. You could be him. You could be me! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boys and girls, think hard, think fast, think smart. You could be me. Now look over there, look at the ground. Now back to me. You could be on the dead me. on the ground, or you could be me. <laughs> this is a this is a slight tangent, but um I was setting up the 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 dice shop earlier today mm -hmm. and I was putting descriptions for some of the dice sets. So for the C one boar set I had put as the description, look at that orc. Now back to me. Now down. Back to me again. I'm a half-orc now. I have a ukulele. I'm on a horse. Swan dive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Uh, so long as the artwork has his little teddy bear, I'm happy. Oh, there, there's not really going to be any artwork. It's just going to be a picture of the dice when I finish them. So take a picture of the dice with a teddy bear, fucker. No, nope. I don't think I have <laughs> just a teddy bear laying around. <laughs> I'll fucking Amazon one to you, Jesus. I demand it on the dice. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> I'll be sure to get right on that. Moving right along. You Since we were talking about spellcasters, <laughs> uh, Mage Slayer is a fourth level feat. You have to have proficiency with any martial weapon. You get a strength or dexterity score increased by one. Concentration Breaker. When you damage a creature that is concentrating, it has disadvantage onto the saving throw it makes to maintain the concentration. That is fucking huge for a spellcaster. Uh, you also get Guarded Mind. If you fail an intelligence, a wisdom, or charisma saving throw, you can cause yourself to succeed instead. You can only use this once per long rest. <clears throat> That's also really, really fucking mad. You basically gave yourself a legendary resistance. If you really think about it, if you really think about it, <clears throat> a, so if you, oh, it's a saving throw. Damn it. I was like, it's just a test of like, if you really think about it, if you're asked this question that you could never know the answer to and fail... You now somehow are smart enough to know the answer to it. No, it's a saving throw. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be so fucking hysterical. Uh, the next me uh, fourth level feat is Medium Armor Master. You get a strength or dexterity score increased by one. Oh, you have to have the Medium Armor training. Sorry, that's a prerequisite. Uh, while you're wearing Medium Armor, you can add three rather than two to your AC if you have dexterity score of 16 or higher. Again, really super situational. I mean... Wait, what do you mean situational? Well, I just... I say situational because I just feel like there's other feats that are better taken than using two of your ability... Or your feats for this. Well, no, I guess technically if you already have the medium armor training as a ranger yeah. or whatnot, then you wouldn't need it. I think I was still in the mindset of, like, a mage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... 
You can make yourself really fucking tanky with that. It's yeah. interesting. I don't know that I would take it myself, but it's it's worth looking into. Uh, we've got Mounted Combatant next, and it's a shame Nim isn't here because he was really wanting to do this in the first campaign. It is a fourth level feat, and you have to have proficiency with any martial weapon. <clears throat> you get an ability score increase of one towards strength, dexterity, or wisdom. And you've got Mount Handler. You have advantage on wisdom animal handling checks made to handle or train horses and other beasts employed as mounts. You have Mounted Strike, which, while mounted, you have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that is within five feet of your mount and at least one size smaller than it. And you've got yeah. Leap Aside. If your mount is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, it instead takes no damage if it succeeds on the saving throw and only half damage if it fails. For your mount to gain this benefit, you must be riding it and neither of you can be incapacitated. You basically get the evasion rogue feature on a horse or whatever the fuck it is you're riding. <clears throat> uh, you've also got the veer, which while mounted, you can use your reaction to force an attack that hits your mount to hit you instead. Got to save your little fuzzy buddy. Hey, that's interesting. And again, it's a shame Nim's not here. I'm sure he'd like, what? Yeah, I mean, it what? makes a lot of sense since in D&D, &D, like, mounts, creatures that are your pets, don't fucking scale with health mm. and health with you. Ranger companions are the only ones that really scale that as, as far as I'm aware. And not they don't scale well, either, in my own personal like... opinion. Me? Do you guys remember the horses' names from Campaign 1? I know one of them was Duke. Oh fuck! No. Your I hardly name? remembered my own. <laughs> I hardly remembered my, no Zeke's uh, Storm King's Thunder. Yeah, where you played Zorkon. We had horses. We had two horses. <laughs> sure, we did, say. crazy man. Well, no, because <laughs> Kayla had a necklace that let her speak to animals at all times, so we always knew what they were thinking. And Duke was like super depressed about everything we did. I just don't remember what the first one was called. Nah, you're crazy. That never happened. Someone remind me when Nim gets back. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta check Canon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say I hardly remembered my own fucking character's name. Horses names from campaign one. Actually, can't I tag him in this and chat somehow? I forget. Possibly. Well, well, well. Which one? Oh, got it. Figured it out. There we go. Alright, I tagged him in chat. We'll see if... Uh, we'll see if he replies with that. Uh, so, gonna scooch right along to Observant. It's a fourth level scooch. feat. <clears throat> you have to have intelligence or wisdom at 13 or higher. And you gain a plus one increase to intelligence or wisdom. <laughs> you have Keen Observer. You choose one of the following skills. Insight, Investigation, or Perception. If you lack proficiency, you have proficiency now. Or if you have proficiency, you now have expertise in it. And you have quick search. You can take the search action as a bonus action. All I'm going to say to this is... I want you to... Zon's perception is off the fucking charts, thanks to Harangon. 
Right. I want you to imagine Zahn with expertise in fucking perception. You would be able to hear a mouse fart across the planet. <laughs> Just like my Yeti. Like, seriously. Like your Yeti? Yeah, the, my fucking Yeti mic picks up a fly fart oh. from across the room. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, let me ask this. So, what does expertise do again, if you don't mind me? Just because I'm You double I'm your proficiency bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So, your proficiency bonus right now... Nine. Four? No, your proficiency bonus is four. Yeah. Four. No. Yeah, you guys just leveled up to nine, so it's a plus four. So, your uh, expertise would give you a plus eight. So, instead of nine, I have a plus 13. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you... on top of that, my wisdom, my passive wisdom perception would skyrocket. Would be, yeah, that's just, I'd say dumb, but it's very fascinating. Because if you play a character, right, like, you will never be snuck on ever. Or snuck up on ever, period. Because you just don't know where they are. I couldn't, I could crit. Uh, again, hypothetically. It's hypothetically. just like, it's very unlikely. Anything yeah. can still happen. It's a With dice your game. radar dishes, it's unlikely. I'm not again. I'm not just taking me into account there. Like anybody, like that's really good. Yeah. Uh, we got pole master next is also fourth level proficiency with any martial weapon. You can increase your strength by one. You get pole strike. So immediately after you take the attack action with an attack with a weapon that has the heavy and reach properties, you can use a bonus action to make a melee attack with the opposite end. The weapon's damage die for this is a D4, and it deals bludgeoning damage. Yeah. You also get yeah. reactive strike. While you are holding a weapon that, the he that has the heavy and reach properties, you can use your reaction to make one melee attack against a creature that enters the reach you have with the weapon. So it's not That's an attack of opportunity. Point, you get to stab something that gets close to you. And if you have heavy attack and reach... Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If you have heavy and reach on a weapon, you're attacking at 10 feet. Yep. So you could theoretically kill them before they can actually get a chance at hitting you. Because if they get yeah. into your range, I think you attack at the same time, basically. So they would yes. still get to hit you. They are. It is still like that is uh, the first part of that is is actually already exists. The second part of that also what do you mean still it already exists. exists. Pull strike. That's actually that's that's actually not new. That's that exists already. Uh, it's Polar Master, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, what I mean is, like, this is a feat that exists already, and I've contemplated taking it. Yeah. Because of that reactive strike thing. Yep. Oh. Hmm. That's a pretty strong feat. I, well, purely for the reactive thing. I don't, I don't think the attacking with the butt end of the Polar for D4 damage is that... Yeah. No damage is damage. Worth yeah, I mean, but like, is it for free or are you using up your action economy to do it? It's a bonus action. So actually, this does actually. Eh. But this if does you bring think about it, question, hold on. If, if you think about it, you're you're bore because he had a pole arm. You get your two attacks. Your first move, you you rage. You use your two attacks. Your next turn, you do your two attacks. There's nothing else to bonus action. You're raging. Eh. You forgot the true hunt. Yeah, well, okay, so, uh, well, uh, well, before he had Shruhan, he was using a glaive. So, I will with that being said, it is a free extra bit of damage for a bonus action you're not technically using anymore. So, this is one thing that I have asked about in a 
for a few people who play this game longer than me, and they can't really give me an answer because it's always up to the DM. If you have a magical weapon that whenever you attack <clears throat> with said magical weapon, it deals bonus elemental damage, technically, that D4 will also cause that magical damage to happen again. Yeah. I don't know why it wouldn't. Well, some people were like, but it's not the blade of it. It's not this of it. I'm like, yeah, but the damage in itself is coming from the weapon. Why would it not? Like, Well, if they're trying to lump it in with the the original rules of, um, like, with dual wielding, where you've got your main attack that does all the damage, and your secondary attack just does the weapon's damage. It doesn't get your the benefit of your uh, attack modifier. I think they're probably trying to lump it in with that because that is technically an extra modifier, but it's not the... That's the weapons modifier, not your ability modifier. So me personally, I'd allow it. Yeah, Unless you're do. saying that you're going to bop him with the pommel, in which case, eh, that's not necessarily on fire because that's the part you're holding. Yeah, like, I personally but, think it should, but at the same time... In this particular those... instance, it does say you're hitting it with the back of the weapon. So, no. I don't think I would allow the elemental damage because the back of the weapon is not going to be on fire. Because it literally says the opposite end of the weapon. So, if the blade has poison damage and you hit him with the butt, it's only bludgeoning damage because the pommel is not going to be poisoned. I'll go ahead and shatter your whole argument with the change of weapon. Bow staff. Okay, but the bow staff doesn't have heavy and reach. Does it not? No. Rory. Thank you, Nim. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. I personally would still, because the weapon itself is enchanted, and if you're using a part of the weapon as a weapon, I would, but personal preference. Uh, I don't think they'd infuse the pommel the magic. I think they'd leave that to the blade. Yeah. Like I said, personal preference. Yeah. Well, thank God you're not DMing. Moving right along. <laughs> Rude, but... <laughs> uh, we have Resilient up next. It's a fourth level feat. No prerequisites. Choose one ability in which you were lacking a saving throw proficiency. Increase the chosen ability score by 1 to a maximum of 20. That's weirdly specific. Uh, but you also gain saving throw proficiency with the chosen ability. So if you don't have uh, proficiency with your uh, wisdom saving throw, you gain proficiency in it and you gain a plus 1 to your wisdom. So, kind of makes sense. I mean... Getting proficiency in a saving throw is really good. You said resilient? Yeah. Choose one ability in which you like saving throw. Oh, okay. I, I read it wrong. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I was just supposed to reading it incorrectly. So. It is worded a little strangely. Uh. Next up, we've got Ritual Caster, 4th level feat. You have to have Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma at 13 or higher. You get to pick whichever one of those you want to increase by 1. <clears throat> With Ritual Spells, 
choose two first level spells that have the ritual tag from the arcane, divine, or primal spell lists. Oh, and... So I guess technically you could take one from either, with the way that's worded. You always have those two spells prepared, and you can cast them without any spell slots you have. The spell's ca- uh, spell casting ability is the ability increased by this feat. You've got Quick Ritual. With this benefit, you can cast a ritual spell that you have prepared using its regular casting time, rather than the extended time for a ritual. Doing so doesn't require a spell slot. Once you cast a spell in this way, you cannot do it again until you uh, finish a long rest. So basically, a ritual spell generally takes about 10 minutes to cast ritually. What that's saying is that once per long rest, you can take that 10 minutes, make it uh, take one action, six seconds, to cast a spell for free without using a spell slot. Very good. It's pretty dope. I mean, that's basically Brick being able to cast Identify just immediately once a day. Yeah. For free? It's free real estate. No, you would still need the material components, but it would not consume a spell slot. What's interesting, though, is that it doesn't say... It doesn't say whether or not you can use these spells with spell slots or not. Oh, you can cast them with any spell slots you have. I breezed right over it. As a quick aside... Mm-hmm. Ian, did, speaking of material components, did you see what I sent you the other this morning? Uh, with the creepy dude with the makeup on. Yep. Yeah, so on. I watched it. <laughs> don't remember it. It's been a day. Fair I'll enough. have to watch it again <laughs> later on. <laughs> um. All right. Next up, we've got Sentinel. It's a fourth level feat. You have to have proficiency with any martial weapon. You increase your strength or dexterity by one. And you get Guardian, which immediately after a creature within 5 feet of you takes the disengage action or hits a target other than you with an attack, you can make an opportunity attack against that creature. So even if someone takes the disengage action, you can bonk them. Uh, You also get Halt. When you hit a creature within an opportunity attack, the creature's speed becomes 0 for the rest of the turn. Meaning, no more movement, no dash action, they are stuck. You basically grabbed them by the collar, bonked them on the head, and said no. You're staying here. Grounded, mister. No, yeah. puppy. That's a bad puppy. <laughs> uh, Nim, you used to have sharpshooter, correct? Well, you might like this a little bit because it's a fourth level feat and the prerequisite is just to have proficiency with any martial weapon. What? You increase your dexterity by one. You have bypass cover, so your ranged attacks with weapons ignore half cover and three quarters cover. You can fire within melee. So if an enemy is within five feet of you, you no longer have disadvantage on your attacks. And you have long shots. Attacking at long range does not impose disadvantage on your ranged attack rolls with weapons. So if you have a ranged weapon that's like 30 to 60, between 0 and 30, you attack normally. Between 30 and 60, you would have disadvantage. Sharpshooter, you can just shoot up to 60 feet away. Oh, we already went over the uh, mounted combatant feet, so you missed that. Is that why we're asking about Rory? Yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> I was saying that that's what you were really looking forward to doing in Zeke's campaign, and then I tried to remember the horses' names, and I can only remember Which Duke. horse is that? 
right on along, we've got Shield Master next, fourth level. You have to have Shield Training. You increase your strength by one, and you get Shield Bash. If you attack a creature within five feet of you as part of the attack action and hit with a melee weapon, you can immediately bash the target with your shield if it's equipped, forcing the target to make a strength saving throw against a DC equal to 8, plus your strength modifier, plus your proficiency bonus. On a failed save, you knock the target prone or push it 5 feet away. You can use this benefit only once on each of your turns. See, That's now massive. that compared. I was gonna say that compared to fucking bopping him with the pommel of the bip. It's just it's night and day. Yeah. Now, granted, what? they can still save against compared this. Pole arm. It's night and day. I don't. Okay. So Zach, imagine this: okay. you're a fighter. You've got a sword and a shield. You yeah. go up to a guy. You hit him. You land an attack. You immediately okay. shield bash him. They fail the save. You say. Yeah. I'm going to knock them prone. Yeah. You're a fighter. You've got two more attacks plus your action surge giving you three more attacks. You have five attacks at advantage. That's massive in melee combat. Yeah. I I, I was I was just saying like how oh. compared to the pole arms D4 damage as a bonus action versus a shield knocking someone prone. It, I mean, eh. oh yeah, like it's not as good. Sorry, my dad yeah. just texted and, me saying that him and my mom got comfort plus on their flight across the pond. Oh man, uh, yeah. But, well, they're they're flying space available, so if there was a space open, they were going to get on, and if not, they were going to be stuck in fucking Atlanta. But uh, the, yeah, the my D4 tickets paid for, so I don't get to move. I'm stuck in economy where the fuck I am. <laughs> the D4 is negligible, but, like, you do get the ten, the whole 10-foot, like, Something enters your bubble, attack. you get to hit it. That's yeah. true. So, like, but it's like, I still, I definitely see where you're coming from there. The shield does feel like it's got more going for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, having that extra reach and being able to use your reaction to attack something that thought it could squeak by you is good. Amazing. But being able to knock something onto the ground and just kick the shit out of it is mass. Not just that, but everyone else in your group would be able to come and pile on as well, theoretically. Yeah, Oof. I mean, honestly, accounting for the entering the bubble, I'd say both both of those feats are pretty well like on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. uh, just... I don't know, just purely from the, the bonus action edition standpoint, I was just like, that seems like very much different than just D4 damage for the shield. Well, And I'm here for it. Now, if you think about it too, if you were to take that Polar Mastery with Sentinel... I forget what I'm, Sentinel is. You I'm, keep I'm talking curious. about it, but... If you're asking about that interaction, yes, that is a thing, Ian. I, no, it wouldn't. It again, wouldn't I don't know what Sentinel is. So Why? Sentinel, basically, if you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, so they're leaving your combat bubble, their speed becomes zero, which means they cannot move, they cannot take the dash action, they are stuck there. Yeah. Does it say it's an attack of opportunity? It says with an opportunity attack. So yeah. with that pole strike, that's not an opportunity of attack. That's a reactive strike. It's different. It doesn't technically count. Oh. 
No, no, no. I just thought she meant the. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I thought she no. just meant like the ten foot range that you. Yes, have. I, I, I was. I was trying to factor that into the pole arm mastery because if it was just if you were able to lump them together, because a reaction is the person is in melee combat before he even you. reaches you, dead stop. Yeah, exactly. Or if they're trying to shirk by you to go get someone that's behind you because you're tied up with someone else, you go stab. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> well, at the same. Time an opportunity to attack is that only five feet or is that just the range of your attack? It is the range range of your attack, attack. but they have to be leaving that combat bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, I see kind of what you're saying, but like at the same time, that's still like ten foot. You can have somebody stop ten feet away from you still. But you wouldn't need polar mastery for the sentinel feet to take effect in that sense. It would be nice if the polearm mastery worked as soon as they came into your bubble. You basically just fucking stabbed them in the thigh and said, "No, social distancing." Yeah, that would be. It's it's it. I will say it's more coverage as opposed to like stacking onto one thing, which is is fine. Mm -hmm. It would be cool if they had an interaction together, but there was a potential. But the wording there is very specific, so yeah, it is what it is. Uh, the last little bit of the, uh, what the fuck was it called? Shield Master is Interpose Shield. If you are subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw to only take half damage, you can use your reaction to take no damage if you succeed on the saving throw and are wielding a shield, interposing your shield between yourself and the source of the effect. Which is kind of nice, but you have to use your reaction for it. So Taking no damage... From a spell? Right, but I'm just saying as opposed to like like the mounted combat that we were talking about, if you succeed on a saving throw, you just don't take damage. This requires you to sacrifice your reaction to do that. It's still very good because that's no damage if you succeed. Yeah. But I'm it, is, it, from the, it is still technically like taking... A, no, you're, you're right, but compared to like evasion that the rogue just gets or that the mounted combat where you're just blanket if you succeed no damage if you fail half damage this it's the same thing but you're also having to take your reaction out of the picture for that turn yeah. uh skulker is the next one up fourth level feet uh you have to have a dexterity of 13 or higher and you increase your dexterity by one you have blind sight with a range of 10 feet. Fog of War, uh, exploiting the distractions of battle. You have advantage on stealth checks you make as part of the hide action during combat. You also have Sniper. If you make an attack roll while hidden and re-roll the misses, making the attack roll doesn't end... Hold on. Yeah, that's oh, I'm sorry. If you make an attack roll while hidden and the roll misses... Making the attack roll doesn't end the hidden condition on you. So basically, if you successfully hide and you fired and you missed, you're still they hidden. still don't know where you are. Yeah, correct. That's pretty cool. That's very useful. Uh, we got speedster next. That's fourth level feet. Uh, you have to have a dexterity or constitution at thirteen plus. You get to increase your speed or constitution by one. Your speed increases by 10 feet when you are not wearing heavy armor. You can dash over difficult terrain, so when you take the dash action on your turn, difficult terrain doesn't cost you extra movement for the rest of that turn. 
Oh, good God. Oh. My mom had to brag to the fucking trivia friend group. Mute my phone or Navi's going to be screaming at me all night. Hey, hey! <clears throat> yeah. My dad was nice and only texted me and my sister, so at best he'd get like two reactions out of it. There's like 20 people in that fucking text chain. <laughs> Thank God my mom never listens to these podcasts or anything. So, uh, <laughs> we have Spell Sniper next. That's a fourth level feat. You have to either be able to cast spells or have the Pact Magic feature. You can increase your intelligence, wisdom, or, char or charisma by one. And you have Bypass Cover. Your attack rolls for spells ignore half cover and three quarters cover. You can cast in melee, so being in, within five feet of an enemy doesn't impose disadvantage on your attacks rolls with spells. And you have increased range, so when you cast a spell that has a range of at least ten feet, it requires you to make an attack roll, you can increase the spell's range by sixty feet. That is an amazing feat. You're pretty much getting the sorcerer's... Excellent to magic uh, ICBM! <laughs> yeah. You're pretty much getting the sorcerer's uh, metamagic kind of thing with sorcery points but for like, free yeah i mean making your spells ignore half and three quarters cover that is monstrous mm, slightly guided magic missile <laughs> <laughs> cast fireball <laughs> <laughs> but i mean think about that though i mean fireball has um i don't know why i keep closing dntp on i'm just gonna keep looking shit up Fireball has a range of 150 feet. You that, that motherfucker now reaches 210 feet. Like, good God. You're literally launching an ICBM. Yeah, an intercontinental <laughs> missile. <laughs> intercontinental magic missile. I'm going to uh, kill them with what? The power of the sun. Except this time it's three. <laughs> <laughs> we attacked the cleric. The wizard dropped the sun on us. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, we've got Warcaster next. That's a fourth level feat. Um, Do you just snore? No, I just burped. I think he burped. Oh, yeah. burped. <laughs> I said, um, while I did it. <laughs> uh, you have to be able to be, you have to be a spellcaster or have the packed magic feature. You can increase your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma by one. For concentration, you have advantage on constitution saving throws you make to maintain your concentration. That's pretty fucking massive. That's pretty strong. You have reactive spell. When a creature provokes an opportunity of attack from you by moving out of your reach, you can use your reaction to cast a spell at the creature rather than making an opportunity attack. The spell must have a casting time of one action and must target only that creature. So, no opportunity fireball. Yeah, I take myself. You exit my range? Big mistake, fucko. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would like to hold my opportunity attack for when he is 60 feet away, please. I, I will hold opportunity attack um, disintegrate. All I'm going to say to this is, like, Ooh. imagine fireball. I use fireball and opportunity of attack. He's right next to you. I didn't ask how close he was to me. <laughs> Uh, so this this also this other part is also very nice for its uh, somatic components. You can perform somatic components of a spell when you have weapons or a shield in one or both hands. That's pretty. You start big. waving your shield around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
<laughs> you, you just grab your shield, you just, like, pop it off the spindle a little bit, it has this rotating bearing, you just spin it, it hypnotizes the enemy. That's your somatic <laughs> component. Wee 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 wee. Be sure you paint it spiraled. Uh, <laughs> lastly, we have weapon training as a fourth level feat. You, there are no prerequisites. You increase your strength or dexterity by one, and you gain martial weapon proficiency. Which is pretty big. Martial weapon basically means that you can use any weapon the game has. So, with that being said, we shall Backtrack. now... Huh? Backtrack. I am. I'm scrolling. Shut your mouth. Backtrack faster! Uh, we're going to go back up to the epic boons. These are uh, features you can only get at 20th level. <clears throat> so. I haven't heard about this. I'm excited. One thing to keep in mind, if I understand the rules correctly, I don't know that you'll be able to get these if you multi-class. Yeah, that's gonna be my big. This is gonna be the biggest thing, or not even multi-class wise. But I'll I'll wait for some of these to be over, and then I'm gonna express my I don't like this because stupid. You're not gonna like it because you're not gonna get it until the end game, and you want it now. We get it. No, no, mm -hmm. no, no. I'm not gonna be able to get it at all. But let's keep going. Well, so the reasoning behind that is that getting these 20th level feats are specifically stated in if you're looking at the ranger and the rogue when you reach yeah. level 20 as that class is an expert or warrior group well no is just it any group were were epic boons a thing before no okay so, yeah it says it from what i'm reading here an epic boon is a special power only available to 20th level characters I don't think it specifies in a class. Well, but if you scroll further up the list to, um, let's see, whatever. So looking at the Ranger class, at 19th level, you get a feat. You gain ability score improvement feat or another feat of your choice. 20th level, Epic Boon. You gain the Epic Boon of Fortitude feat or another Epic Boon feat of your choice. That is specifically saying your 20th level in Ranger. If you put even one level in another class, you could only get to level 19 in Ranger, meaning you can only get the 19th level feat increase. So if you multi-class, yeah. you cannot get an epic boon by the way I the mean, rules are currently worded. Uh, you can. I, I don't know. I just... Well, because if, if, if I'm looking at this, at 19th level, that is the last time you can get the ability score improvement feat or another feat of your choice, right? The prerequisite for the epic boons is to be 20th level. If you reach 20th level in a single class, that's when you get the 20th level epic boon. If you multi-class, you won't get that. Yeah. That is being said, unless they increase the maximum level at some point, but highly doubtful highly, unless again this is as it is currently worded and that is my own personal interpretation of the rules therein that being uh, said yeah. certain classes will not be able to take certain epic boons period correct i mean uh i don't i i, I don't think i would agree with that i don't know why i just think it's an oversight and like they just had to include it somewhere to Wait. like that you get an epic boon at 20th level it doesn't yes. count like and that's why i'm saying as it is currently worded because i'm sure there's a bunch of people out there smashing their fucking keyboard which actually 
will be tomorrow when the survey opens. Be like, burger, 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 multi-class and don't get epic. And maybe they'll fix it. <laughs> I don't know. But regardless, that's my, me as playing the DM, that is my interpretation of it. Hopefully they change that wording the next time it comes around or whenever they decide to actually readdress these particular feats. But, I mean, we just actually ignore that anyway. <laughs> nah. Anyway. You're a dick. <laughs> yep. So, uh, the first one we have, and again, I'm not going to repeat it every time. These are 20th level feats. Epic Boon of Combat Prowess. It's for Expert or Warrior Group. When you miss with a melee attack, you can hit instead. Once you use this benefit, you cannot use it again until you roll initiative. That is a new recharge feature that I've never seen before. Because normally it's like short or long rest or like dawn or dusk. This is like, this refreshes every initiative. <laughs> when you miss a melee weapon attack, you don't. <laughs> you missed but did i wait what do you mean oh my biggest my biggest so i'm gonna go ahead and just say this one right there like i am not a fan of the fact that only warriors or experts are allowed to take this unless the unless they again as written like so for example if you're like a warlock that's in melee, or for example, a tempest cleric, because I'm playing. And you're one. playing it wrong. <laughs> no, go on. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like obviously there are still other choices you have, but the fact that you're like not allowed to take something that may play into how you want to play your class. Take one level. Is... Well, actually, I was going to say take one level, but then you wouldn't get the 20. Yeah, feet. and then you wouldn't be able to take it yeah. now, Mr. Smarty Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rules as written? Fuck yeah. you. No, but you're right, again, which is why I, I, I renade. You also, like, it's also taken into account, I guarantee, like, if you talk to a DM and make a convincing enough argument that this is what you want, I mean, the DM trumps all. They can write whatever the hell they want in this book. Oh, for sure. But if the DM says, you can do this, you can do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the other, I don't know what the, the other the, ones the, are yet. We're not going to be in the middle of a session and me say like, "Oh yes, Mister Zon the cleric, you could take this thing." Fucking Wizards of the Coast aren't going to raid my house and beat the snot out of me. Follow the fucking rules. He he, he, he took the he took the wrong epic beat. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> beat his ass. <laughs> fucking neckbeards wearing fucking. Gandalf Fedoras. cloaks just drag yeah. you away. <laughs> yeah, God. to their mom's basement. He broke the rules. So you must overreact immediately. So, anyway, the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, epic boon of dimensional travel. Expert or mage group. You can cast the Misty Step spell without expending a spell slot. Once you oh. use this benefit, you cannot use it again until you roll initiative or finish a short or long rest. Ooh. I I don't agree with this being an epic boon. I think this is good, but like, is that really? Misty it is free really misty step every not... fucking battle. No, it's a shorter long rest, or until every fucking battle. <laughs> until you roll initiative. Oh my bad, my bad. Or a short or long rest. Yeah, my bad. I didn't see the initiative part. My apologies. I mean, no, if then, you... never mind. That's actually a little better than I thought. That's before. pretty fucking good. That is. Like, I, I've said this a few times, but after the mushroom fight, Brick messaged me. He was like, hey, just want to say, 
I was really Wait. frustrated in that fight because I couldn't ever get to her, and she always succeeded on the saving throws against my lightning lure, and I just felt like I couldn't do anything. It's like, and? And what are you going to do about this yeah. next time? <laughs> yeah, you need to be prepared for the fact that shit's not going to be in range. What are you going to do about it? I'm sorry that was frustrating. That was kind of the point, though. I gave her yeah. that ability to keep you fuckers away from her. That was well, the point. I, I don't know how I feel about this epic boon because it says as an action you can cast the misty step spell it is usually a bonus action um, it just says you can cast actually, the misty step spell without expending a spell slot it says what? as an action you right. can cast a misty step spell well it says you can cast the misty step spell without expending a spell slot but if you look at the misty step spell it is an action er, yeah. it is a bonus action yeah so you would cast it as a bonus action yeah, I, the source that I'm reading says as an action, so I think that might be a mistake, a typographical mistake. Yeah, yeah whatever you're like, Ian and I are reading the one that's this is the one from yeah. Wizards, right? Yeah, I down this is the PDF I downloaded from Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, I'm just following along any way that I can because I'm bad at finding shit. So <laughs> <laughs> I can send it to you real quick if you want. No, I have this. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's wrong. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, so I guess, I mean, I, for I like it, it being, it, for it being a 20th level, I could kind of see like it, it being maybe a little bit sooner because Misty Step is a second level spell. But then again, I mean, granted at 20th level combat prowess isn't that impressive either. Just like you, yeah. you miss. No, I don't. And this just like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> you hit anyway. And I mean, it's a great utility. You can close a gap or you can get out of a sticky situation. I, yeah, it, it, it's pretty good. There are definitely better ones. And, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll get to them here in a second. Uh, the next one we have, would you guys stop fucking redirecting to my mother's text message? Christ, you're going to kill my phone. Uh, <laughs> you have Epic Boon of Energy Resistance. It's an expert or mage. Have. Send me the link of this stupid fucking website. Fucking <laughs> Whiskey Wednesdays metal. You oh, go in there, it's actually yeah. like you'll see, you'll find the link in there just a little far. Oh out. yeah, yeah, the the expert classes Thank PDF. You, Wait, it's a PDF. I don't want to do it. Okay, let's well, see. tough. And it did give me a say here to be caught up. Where the fuck? Here, dude. Uh, uh, we 18. are on page eighteen. Figure it out, bud. Figure, Fuck it, figure it out. Moving on. Epic boon of energy pattern. resistance. Uh, you have to be an <laughs> expert or a mage. You gain resistance to one of the following damage types of your choice. Acid, cold, fire, lightning, necrotic, poison, psychic, radiant, or thunder. Whenever you finish a short rest or a long rest, you can meditate and change that damage type choice. That is a That's 20th level strong. feat. Okay, so That's... I do actually have a question. <clears throat> about this yeah uh-huh so there are ways that you can get resistance to certain elements in other ways if you have two resistances do you gain immunity no um i think it would depend on whether that specific source allows you to upgrade your resistance to immunity generally, generally speaking, no, no though you you okay. can't get like two rings of fire resistance and become fire immune. You just <laughs> wasted money on another fire resistance ring. That's not unfortunately that's not how that works. Give it to an orphan. I was genuinely curious because I don't. I've never 
Right. Yeah. This rings of fire resistance? Hmm. I it was an example, probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't That's doubt it. That's pretty fucking strong though. Like you're you're going into the the poison mires or anything like that. You're just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna resist poison. And Let's then you're done with that. It's like, all right, time to go fight the lightning stuff. dragon. Let me just take a quick kit. <laughs> yeah. It's just doing the, 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 the like, uh, didgeridoo throat thing. Just, oh, I can resist oh, lightning now. Oh. Uh, next up, we've got the epic boon of fortitude. Your hit point maximum increases by 40. Oh, there's no prerequisite to this one, by the way. Just anyone can take this one. Um, oh, you regain additional hit points equal to your constitution modifier. Sorry, whenever you regain hit points, you regain additional hit points equal to your constitution modifier. You can regain these additional hit points no more than once per round. Once per round, still. That's very fucking often to be gaining... What's your what's your con modifier at that point? Probably at like fucking level? six. Hopefully. Yeah, if you're regaining six points every round if you're healing, yeah. an additional six, that's pretty fucking strong. I like it. Someone just uses healing word and like, hey, dumbass, do better. And you slap yourself in the face. You're right. I will do better. <laughs> and you're I'm just... so strong. <laughs> I misread this one. I heard irresistible obese, but it's irresistible offense. Um... <laughs> I am irresistibly offended. <laughs> You, uh, it has to be expert or warrior. The damage you deal always ignores resistance. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Which is interesting because, oh, no, you won't be able to do it. Hmm. Doesn't affect immunities. Well, if you really think about it, if it you doesn't. take a, <laughs> like a, for example, like an Eldritch Knight, they can cast spells. You can now cast spells as a warrior that does not, or that cannot be immune, or not immune. Or yeah, resistant well, I mean, to. with the expert class, you've got arcane tricksters, and you've got bards. Yeah. So yeah, that's massive as a 20th level. That's pretty fucking strong. <clears throat> um, epic boon of luck. <clears throat> only available to the expert group. That's In stupid. Because you, you just don't like the expert group. Push your face. Immediately after you roll a d20 for a d20 test, you can roll a d10 and add the number rolled to the test. Once you use this benefit, you cannot use it again until you roll initiative or finish a short or long rest. So basically, you get a, d10, a d20 plus a d10 once per initiative or once per short or long rest. Get, get a little temporary ins inspiration every battle. Mm, more I, or less. I mean, like, it's cool that expertise are getting these, but, like, at the same time, I don't logically see a reason why anybody couldn't take that. It, uh, the expert group decided are better to than luck you. to the expert group. I don't It's an incentive to play one class over another. <clears throat> if you just give everything to every class, then what's the fucking point? You've got Epic Boon of the Night Spirit coming up on the next one. It's Expert or Mage Group. While within dim light or darkness, you can become invisible as an action. You remain invisible until immediately after you take an action or a reaction. So you That's basically just cronk your way into being invisible. <clears throat> you nightingale that bitch. Yeah, basically. Good reference. Thank you. That is very useful. 
Uh, epic boon of peerless aim. Expert or warrior. If you make a ranged attack against a target in range and miss, you can cause the attack to hit instead. It's the same thing as the combat prowess. So yes, one. but it's the range version of the melee thing. Exactly. Uh, epic boon of recovery. No prerequisite. You can use a bonus action to regain a number of hit points equal to half your hit point maximum. Once you use this benefit, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. In addition, you succeed on every death saving throw that is not a one. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hey, Kirsten. (laughs) I got the shit for you. I just picture fucking some absolute fucking goliath of a human laying flat on his back unconscious just turns eyes shoot open head turns to the right spits out blood i'm ready to go just (laughs) you're laying there for one turn give us a minute next turn just a minute next turn let's go (laughs) seriously a bonus action giving you half your hit point maximum yeah this one is once per long rest though I mean, still, if you're That's, a freaking... Yeah. If you're a barbarian, you've got strong, like 200 plus HP by 20th level. You're giving yourself 100 hit points back. Just You make a because. fucking healer blush with that kind of fucking healer. <laughs> <laughs> the Tarasque just kind of turns tail. <laughs> just, nope. <laughs> <laughs> fucking absolutely decimates him with a legendary action. He just comes right back up spits the fucking blood from his mouth just go jam <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> uh let's see Sp- Tarask bites his arm off immediately grows back another arm <laughs> <laughs> this one is very simple it's available to everyone epic boon of skill proficiency you gain proficiency in all skills yeah. pretty strong Kind of boring. I would Pretty never strong, kind of boring. I'll give you that. I mean... I mean, you're getting a plus six on every single roll. Granted, it's a 20th level. Eh. It's not bad. Like, truth be told. It it's, doesn't yeah. sound very flavorful, but if you're looking to be, like, the god of everything, yeah, that's kind of... I mean, kinda... all trades. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, it's, Actually, if you're a bard, I guess I'm you coming. need this. I was gonna say, uh, like, if... Coming from someone who's a bard, like, even with, like, half proficiency, you can skirt by on, like, pretty much all of your skill checks. Bards basically get this by being a bard. Like, they start off with half proficiency, but don't they get full proficiency by the time they're max level? Oh, I don't know. Am I not making that up? Hold on. Let me me look this up, because I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I could be wrong. I don't know. When I'm building my characters, though, I usually keep my proficiencies in mind so i'm usually trying to get a pretty good spread of proficiency as it is so i don't i don't get as many proficiencies from this as the average player might that might be influencing my decision but yeah i i I just don't think i'd ever see myself taking this really well so it's not in the original bard but let me look in the new bard stuff here real quick rogue rogue ranger Okay, let's see. Um, bum, 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 bum. 
Jack of all trades. You can add half your proficiency bonus round down to an ability check. You make the use of skill proficiency you lack. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Subclass feature, bardic inspiration. Feet, expertise, subclass, magical secrets. Subclass, further magical secrets. Bardic inspiration. Uh, nope, I was wrong. <laughs> Still. Give him next time, champ. Yep. I can't uh, be all-knowing. <laughs> Try as you may. Um, uh, epic boon of speed. You have to be an expert or a warrior. Your speed increases by 30 feet. Charge and charge, baby. I don't, Fucking... I don't know that I'd take that. I mean, it depends on your playstyle, really. If you're the zippiest fucking barbarian to ever... If, if you're Usain yeah. Bonk, fucking go for it. I mean, oh my god. Can you imagine taking this on a rogue or a monk, actually? Because a monk gets I'm, Step of the Wind. So they can basically uh, move, Step of the Wind, bonus action run. That's fucking... I'm gonna say this. I actually thought about it. Like, I saw this one before, I was like, I'd take this as on. Because at 20th level, you can also fly. So, 60 feet of movement, yeah. 60 feet of flight. Oh, no, it's a wart, never mind. Uh, well, now, yeah. in all fairness, these features are only saying expert or warrior and mage. There hasn't been a single priest one yet. So, these are just... These are like the first round. So, get, we just need to be patient and give it time I have we'll, to have it we'll now <laughs> um, my fix epic boon of undetectability you have to be an expert you can't be seen or heard by any means magical or non-magical while you are hidden that's impressive that's, that's, that's also a fucking nightingale ability right there god damn it's pretty fucking strong uh, epic boon of the unfettered it's expert or warrior as a bonus action you can take the disengage action which also ends the grappled and the restrained conditions from you <laughs> epic, epic boon of fuck off yeah <laughs> epic boon I mean, of goodbye <laughs> that I mean that's basically at 20th level you're giving yourself the um, the rogue feature that they get at level 3 <laughs> yeah which is still kind of really weird. really strong considering does that also end grappled it doesn't end the grappled condition um but as a rogue as a bonus action you can take the disengage action so yeah it, it, it is nice as a bonus action to just say no nah, i'm not grappled anymore just wiggle my way out <laughs> slow snack <laughs> i hate that fucking video so much why i think i just hate it because of how many people just love it I'm a snake. so good you're a hipster is what you're saying uh, I'm no i'm anti-hipster <laughs> you're just like it's too mainstream well it's not even that it's mainstream it's just <laughs> uh, i don't know it frustrates me <laughs> Everyone um, has their meme that just pisses them the fuck off. So we've already been going for an hour and 40, so I'm just going to kind of skim through the glossary terms here and see if there's anything worth really talking about. Because uh, some of them are, you know, the ability checks, armor training. Uh, none of these have really changed. The artisan tools, the attack action. 
attack roll, arcane spells, bark spin, bark spin, bark skin. Um, bark spin. Shut up. <laughs> Just a dog spin around in a circle. Let's see. D20 tests, the dash action, difficult terrain, divine spells, exhausted. I don't remember if we've talked about this one already or not, but I actually really like where this one has gone. Did they change exhaustion? Yes. So the original oh. exhaustion, I, I want to cover that first just so that this next one will make sense. Uh, the original exhaustion had six levels. If you got six levels of exhaustion, you're just fucking dead. Uh, the first yeah. level of exhaustion gives you disadvantage on ability checks. You get exhaustion by not sleeping, being in harsh conditions like severe cold, severe heat. Uh, there's also spells and abilities that can give you exhaustion. So um, second level of exhaustion would have your speed. Third level gives you disadvantage on attack rolls and saving throws. Fourth level, your hit point maximum is halved. At fifth level, your speed is reduced to zero. And at sixth level, you're just fucking dead. It's a lot to remember. There's not an easy way to remember it. It kind of sucks. There's a table you gotta have on standby for exhaustion. Yeah. Which, granted, D&D Beyond makes it very easy. You click on exhaustion, it gives you the table D &D right Beyond. there. D&D Beyond. Uh, <laughs> this new version, I like a lot. It can be a little bit more detrimental, but it's a lot easier to remember what the fuck is happening. So you can have up to 10 levels of exhaustion. At 10 levels, you're dead. Um, for each point of exhaustion, any d20 test that you roll, you subtract your levels of exhaustion. So if you have three levels of exhaustion, you roll a d20, subtract three from that result, do your other modifiers. It's very simple. Yeah. Your spell save DC is also reduced by that exhaustion amount. So if you cast Fireball and your spell DC is 16, it's now 13. You, uh, you lose a point of exhaustion after completing a long rest. So I think the main thing that kind of frustrates me the most about the current exhaustion is that it's such a rare thing to encounter that you don't really have the time to really memorize that and just have yeah. it locked away in the back of your brain. And with this one, boom, <clears throat> it's so easy. Three levels minus three to these two things. So much easier to keep track of. Just have ten wizards with sickening radiance. Just everyone gets just target one motherfucker with ten levels of exhaustion. Just die on the spot. Why not? Heart stops. <laughs> just, just exhaust a Tarascal. <laughs> How much health does it have? Not anymore. I cast permanent nap. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's the barbarian on the back of its head trying in vain to make it go to sleep, just bonking it. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> Look, guys, I did it! <laughs> Oh my That's god. That's amazing. Uh, the grappled condition is slightly updated, I think. So your speed is zero and cannot change. You have disadvantage on attack rolls against any target other than your grappler. I think that's the part that's really updated here. The grappler can sense. drag or carry you, but the grappler suffers a slowed condition while moving, which basically halves your movement. 
unless you are tiny or two or more sizes smaller than the grappler. So that's why that grappling feat was so good because you could grapple someone and move your normal movement speed because you're not hindered by it. You're very good at kidnapping. You basically just bonk that guy just go, I don't know you! And then you <laughs> that's my purse! I don't know you! <laughs> uh, the other thing, so with the old grapple, like like we said earlier in the, the stream here, you would have an ability check or um, an ability contest so it would be your acrobatics against the person you're trying to grapple's acrobatics. The way the grappling works in one D&D is you just have to beat their AC and they're grappled. You don't deal any damage, but you've grabbed them, they're grappled. Uh, when you want to escape, that is when you can make a dexterity or strength saving throw against the grapple's escape DC. That's the big thing. It used to only be acrobatics, which was strength. So monks theoretically were great at grappling but they could never really beat something big and muscular because it's a strength check not a dexterity check now this reminds they... me of something now that we're just shooting the shit about glossary terms sure i'm gonna insert it after you're done <laughs> no that's pretty much it you make a, the escape dc at the end of each of your turns which would end the condition on a success uh the condition also ends if the grappler is incapacitated or if something moves you outside the grapple's range without using your speed Misty Step being a prime example. But, no, that's it. What you got? <laughs> there, I forget, um, <clears throat> I forget where I found this, so I, apologies for not giving credit here, but, uh, I found this, this, uh, DM that was saying, like, you ever want to freak out, freak the fuck out of your players and actually inflict horror on them? Try to kidnap their dead. <laughs> Try to kidnap their unconscious. They were like in the in some some hell realm, and then like one of their party members went down because they got just really fucked on the back line, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as they go down, they see a portal open up behind them, and then two. Uh, uh, two demons of some form. I don't know if they were imps or like proper demons, but still they just come out and they grab him and they start to re re like yank him through the portal. So it <laughs> made them like, Oh God, <laughs> have to go take care of them super fucking quick. Otherwise they lose their fucking cleric forever. That's Where fucking terrifying. <laughs> Bring out your dad. <laughs> no, not dead yet. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, so here, here's a spell I actually really want to touch on because um, this kind of goes along the same lines as like the Bard's Inspiration spell where it's no longer preemptive, it's reactionary. The way the Guidance used to be, and I'm going to pull the spell up so I can uh, say it word for word. Uh, so you touch one ruling creature... And then once before the spell ends, it lasts for minutes, concentration, the target can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to one ability check of its choice. It can roll the die before or after them making the ability check. The spell then ends. Now, it's a reaction. It's still a cantrip, but it's a reaction, which you take in response to you or an ally within 30 feet of you failing an ability check. The range is 30 feet, so it's no longer a touch spell. It's instantaneous. And it's the same basic thing. You add a d4 to whatever ability check you're currently rolling. 
But the big thing, it's no longer concentration and it's a reaction. And you only cast it if someone fails. So as soon as you like, oh, I'm going to go pick a lock. Well, you didn't quite meet it. Ah! Guidance! Boop! <laughs> and you yeah. add a d4 you and then you should have nicked when you poked. <laughs> yeah. Should have zigged when you should have zagged, dumbass. Oh, that's why I fell in the lava. Of course, V8 bonk. <laughs> As he's like falling off of the cliff, just like, you should have done this. He's just like, you're right. Just goes back, does it again. <laughs> um, I really don't like the change to heroic inspiration, and I really hope they don't keep it. If you roll a natural one on any d20 test, that's when you get inspiration with this current set of rules. Whereas before, if you rolled a natural 20, you got inspiration, which gave you advantage on your next roll. Their thought I, I like it better. <laughs> I don't know why you'd incentivize someone who's already doing well instead of giving a consolation prize to the fucker who just got fucked. <laughs> well, and, and that's that's the description. It says this heroic inspiration represents a character's resolve to do better after fumbling an attempt. So lore-wise, it makes sense, but I also feel like it kind of detracts from the severity of a natural one. Like getting a natural one is supposed to be bad. Rolling a natural 20 is supposed to be good. And it'll still be bad. It's just a you'll get them next time champ opportunity. Well, what's really funny is that they have the only one at a time. So you can never have more than one instance of heroic inspiration. If someone, if something gives you heroic inspiration and you already have it, you can give heroic inspiration <laughs> to a player character in your group who lacks it. So basically, the way I'm reading that is like, you fail so fucking hard, everyone else tries harder because you suck so bad. <laughs> fucking Sokka's been rolling natural ones all fucking campaign, and then he rolls another natural one. My girlfriend turned into the moon. Zuko's like, that's rough, buddy. That's rough, buddy. <laughs> it's Zuko just recounting his D&D experience. Zuko gets his fucking heroic inspiration instead. And that's how he lands nice. May. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh hidden condition hasn't really changed the height action hasn't changed incapacitated i read that as flatulence but it's influence um edible <coughs> flatulence <clears throat> let's see the influence is basically it's it's weird that they're putting this in the player handbook instead of leaving it in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, but basically, the idea is that each NPC has three states towards the party. Indifferent, friendly, or hostile. And depending on how those are, there's a DC check to try to sway their opinions one way or the other. What kind of bothers me about this is that the way that the... And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's like a page and a half long but it's kind of making it so that the players basically have control over what the DM's NPCs are doing in the sense that even if a creature is hostile towards the party, theoretically the party could still convince it to help them, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. I mean, again, it's situational. And of course the DM always has, the the last word at most tables but there are some people out there that are severe rule lawyers and i can foresee this being a bit of a problem 
Yeah, I, I would, I would be sure to establish to the bard that's trying to fuck everyone. Just like, look, there. Are, I know it said there are three levels of influence. There's a fourth one. I want to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. This isn't hostile. This is I want to end your fucking lineage. You cannot convince them. So Unless like, you are a god. <laughs> the thing that really bothers me here is the hostile creature's response. On a DC of 10, the creature offers no help but does no harm. On a DC of 20, the creature does as asked as long as no risks or sacrifices are involved. To me, if a creature is hostile towards you, they probably wouldn't stay around long enough for you to try to convince them. And if they're well, hostile towards you, like knife at your throat ready to end your life you'd have to have a really fucking compelling argument to stop him <laughs> well picture this the fucking barbarian has a knife to, or the fucking rogue has a knife to his throat uh <clears throat> the barbarian is just slamming away at all of his party members he has the knife against his throat he's just like the fuck you want me for go fucking get him <laughs> he seems to be more pressing of a concern fucking Roll persuasion check. <laughs> you know? Doesn't yeah. have to be like, uh, <laughs> listen, help me out here. <laughs> it can just be, should be yeah. doing this instead. I'm, I'm just saying that I'm, I'm not currently a fan of the way that it's worded. I feel like that should have been something left in the I DM's feel guide. But I, I agree. Um, regardless, it's there. Table rules. You know, fucking figured out. Pitter patter. Moving on. <laughs> Pitter patter. Uh, invisible hasn't really changed. Um, nope. The jump action, light weapon property, long rest. Uh, that's all the same. Except for the interrupting the rest. I think that might be updated or I just didn't pay that much attention when I was first reading it. Got move. And of course, I'm not going to address it to make myself not sound like a total idiot uh ritual casting search action we talked about that earlier the slowed condition it's basically limited your movement every movement that you would do is double the normal cost so if you want to move one square which is five feet you're using 10 feet of your movement attack rolls against you have advantage and you have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws the study action is a new one um, you got a little bit of a chart here. It's Arcana, History, Investigation, Nature, and Religion. And it goes into further detail on what those might be. It's it's more the for the, the DM to kind of like, oh, well, they said that they want to investigate this magical item, but none of them have identified. We'll make an Arcana check. Or I want to go to the library and I want to look up what happened like 100 years ago. We'll make a history check. Or, you know, to recall it, sorry. So you probably would use a yeah. study action to look something up. But anyway, uh, swim speed, tool proficiency. Quick, quick side note, uh -huh. Ian. Sure. Go back, go back like a minute and 10 seconds in this song. Tell me what instrument this is and why is he going so fucking ham? Can the stream hear the music, by the way? Uh, it's very quiet. Um, I know the part you're talking about. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Trumpet? <laughs> no! It's like a fucking clapped out trumpet. 
There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Oh, that's got to be a harmonica. I don't know harmonicas go that range. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google this. Oh, man. Uh, for anyway, some songs, he forgoes the harmonica in favor of guitar, most often a 12-string. In addition, Popper has played the tin whistle on some recordings. That is absolutely a harmonica. Oh, God. He is just <laughs> killing it. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, let's see. Tremor Sense is the same. Unarmed Strike. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll read this word for word since we've referred to it a few times here with the grappling condition and all. Uh, an unarmed strike is a melee attack that involves you using your body to damage, grapple, or shove a target within your reach. Your bonus to hit with an unarmed strike equals your strength modifier plus your proficiency bonus. On a hit, your unarmed strike causes one of the following effects of your choice. Damage. The target takes bludgeoning damage equal to 1 plus your strength modifier. It's not... Generally much. The most damage you could do is seven. You can grapple. The target is grappled, and the grapple's escape DC equals eight plus your strength plus your proficiency bonus. This grapple is possible only if the target is no more than one size larger than you, and if you have a hand free to grab the target. The third option is you can shove. You either push the target five feet away or knock the target prone. This shove is possible only if the target is no more than one size larger than you. What I really like about this is that, technically speaking, wizards and sorcerers can do this. They'd have to get really fucking lucky, but technically they could do it. Yeah, I mean, if you think that, like, this dude comes up to you, you're a wizard, you don't have the warcaster feet, so you can't cast a spell, you just go, yeah and shove him well now he's prone <laughs> all of a sudden the barbarian and the warrior their eyes light up and they're like oh, our time has come and they go to rescue their wizard buddy i mean even you as a wizard you now have advantage on your next unarmed strike now granted anyone that's at range is kind of sol because if something is prone you have disadvantage on range attacks but if they are prone they have disadvantage on melee attacks which means that if you gtfo even if they want to attack you with an attack of opportunity they have disadvantage to do so and then they have to take half their movement speed just to get up they're probably not going to catch you i just picture a fucking wizard taking 30 he has 60 health he takes 30 points of damage he's just like oh fuck uh action shove bonus action help (laughs) action shove all my movement speed, bonus action, scream like a bitch. <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. I gotta pop out. Doses. Okay. Thanks for joining. Uh, but yeah, the uh, that's, that's the great thing is that with Unarmed Strike, the bonus to your hit is... Oh, no, actually. So you wouldn't be able to use your dexterity to hit them because your arm strike is your strength modifier. So that kind of sucks. But you still have more of a chance of grappling something as a monk with this versus doing a strength contest. So mm-hmm. it's it's still to your benefit as a monk 
to grapple shit now. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, that more or less does it for everything else on this list. Anyone have anything that they want to revisit, go over again? Mm-hmm. Cobalts. Cobalts? Cobalts uh, are on oh, go back the, the Go back to the writing feeds. Yeah, I'll go back MCU. to... Uh, Let's see. Alphabet. <clears throat> what Fuck, what was it called? I don't know. Dual wielder, <laughs> charge, athlete. I no, I think it was after the epics. Hold on. Mounted combat. That's it. Alphabet's hard. <laughs> Keen mind. Mounted combat. Uh, this is a special for Zepes. It is a fourth level feat. You have to have proficiency in any martial weapon. Martial being the key word there. It is a prerequisite. Uh, You get an ability score increase of strength, dexterity, or wisdom. You can increase either one of those by one. You've got the mount handler. So you have advantage on animal handling checks made to handle or train horses and other beasts employed as mounts. You've got mounted strike. So while mounted, you have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that is within five feet of your mount and at least one size smaller than it. Not you, the mount. Leap aside, if your mount is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, it instead takes no damage if it succeeds on a saving throw and only half damage if it fails. For your mount to gain this benefit, you must be riding it and neither of you can be incapacitated. Last but not least, we have Veer. While mounted, you can use your reaction to force an attack that hits your mount to hit you instead. And as I said before, you gotta protect the fluff. Yeah. So, I don't remember much about the original feat, but I think this is way better. Yeah. Oh, because Hoth. Because Hoth. Hoth. <laughs> Alright, so the original feat, let's let's see and compare. Uh, while you are mounted and aren't incapacitated, you gain the following benefits. You have advantage on melee attack rolls against any unmounted creature that is smaller than your mount. You can force an attack targeted at your mount to target you instead. If your mount is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a deck saving throw. Uh, so yeah, it's more or less exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Except you get the dexterity and strength, dexterity, or wisdom score increase, and you also get advantage on handling and training with this new feat. Yeah. That's actually one thing I've noticed tonight, uh, since Metal and Nim, you guys kind of joined a little bit like partway through. Pretty much every single feat gives you an ability score increase of at least one point in something. Mm. Oh, that's handy. So you're never not hurting yourself. You're you're no longer hurting yourself choosing to take a feat instead of an ability score increase. Right, because you still get a little bit of the best of both worlds. Right, because the ability in- increase feat is two points in one of your choice or one point in two of your choice. Whereas if you take a feat, it is telling you what you can take an increase in. Yeah. Some of them gives you a choice like intelligence or wisdom, uh, strength, dexterity, or wisdom. 
Um, there's only really a few, like, lightly armored. You gain the following armor training, light armor, medium armor, and shield. You do not get an ability score increase with that. It's also a first level feat. So it looks like all the fourth level feats give you the ability score increases. Yeah. Um, see, there was at least one that I can think of that only gave you, like, a single... Oh, yeah, so like Polearm Master, increase your strength score by one. You don't get a choice. Yeah. Now, granted, with all of these, you cannot increase your score above 20. So keep that in mind that if you already have a strength of 20, you're going to be missing out on that if you take Polearm Master because you don't get a choice. You're already capped. Yeah. Right. So that is something to keep an eye on. And most of these feats are not repeatable, these fourth level ones, except for the ability score increase. Um, and of course the, uh, what was it? The, the, not magic slayer. It's one of the other ones where you can get the resistances or something. Um, a few of them are repeatable, but most of them, not so much. Yeah. And even though I've been talking for over an hour and a half on basically just the feats, these are only some of them because not a single one of these feats touches a priest. Yeah. (laughs) But the priest touched... No, okay. I, mm, <laughs> I saw the joke myself and I left it. I'm slightly proud that you went for it, but let's knock it back a few notches. <laughs> Thank you, Nim. All in all, I know I know that... Oh, Kirsten left. Um, all in all, I, I, I know that Zach is kind of worried because it's limiting his customizability, but that's just... You know, that's the way he thinks. I like lore-wise that some of these are being <laughs> reined in to specific classes and particular prerequisites. Mm-hmm. It, it it makes sense to me. I like it. It's more th- uh, thematic, I think yeah, is the right I word agree. here. I have faith in yeah. Watsi. <laughs> Yeah, again, he's he's looking at these feats as what he would be able to take with his current cleric. We haven't seen what he's able to take with his um, with his cleric yet because we haven't touched on those feats. Like, those don't exist yet. So, yeah. time will tell. His feats yeah. are lucky. Yeah, his feats are lucky. <laughs> Uh, so I don't really have anything else, uh, apart from a reminder that we will not be having D and D next Friday. Theoretically, we will have it Friday the 4th as a makeup day and then be back on schedule the next Friday, the 11th. I'm currently cautiously planning on having whiskey Wednesdays at the normal time. I should be back home by then. We'll see how tired I am. I should be okay, but well, you'll you'll be dead from jet lag. Mm, we'll see, cause we should be back stateside on the first, but we will have an overnight stay in Philly. Uh, so I may be potentially able to reset some of my jet lag by then, and by the time I get back, have most of the day to chill, and I'll probably yeah. want a whiskey after that point anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll just have to see. Hooray! 
I shall catch you around stream. We shall catch you around stream. Yeah, so far as I'm aware, Pez Place is still going to happen, theoretically. Yep. But that's up to Pez. Metallurgy magic, I don't fucking know. <laughs> we'll do it when we do it. I don't know. I'm probably going to try and do something this Saturday if I'm not too tuckered out from work. But and we'll Depending see. on when you host that, I may actually be awake and able to participate. Let's fucking go. Well, participate in football. hopping in and chatting. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I get in at seven in the morning on Saturday and then I've got like a six hour layover until my train leaves and then I'm on the train for four hours. So I'll have a lot of downtime. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Anyway, that's all I got. Oh, all right. I guess it's time to go since Issa's dipping out as well. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.